hello, and welcome to another episode of Frederick Uncut. Uh, I'm Alan Etzler, here replacing our usual host, Colin McGuire, who is out on tour with his band, Double Motorcycle. And in the booth today, we have our education reporter, Emma Kerr. Hello, everybody. And a very special guest, the student member of the Board of Education, Paige Tolbard of Frederick High School. How are you, Paige? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me here. Thanks for joining us. And so today, we're going to be talking about uh, Paige's role on the Board of Education as the student member, uh, which you're pretty uh, newly uh, acquainted to. Uh, you've been to a couple meetings now. So what has yeah. the overall experience been like for you thus far? Those are some lengthy meetings. <laughs> yeah. Two meetings so far, right? Correct. Two meetings. And I started, I was officially kind of sworn in, I guess is the right word, July 1st of 2018. And um, it has been a lot of document reading and a lot of like <laughs> like preparing myself for the meetings before I go but honestly it hasn't been that bad like the people before and um like the smallest before and the audience they're always like oh the meetings are so long like how do you do it and it's it's not that bad because most of the time the meetings are pretty intriguing so it's easy to stay alert and awake and like not awake but (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) it's easy to stay active in the meetings if they're interesting meetings and so far they have been so just wait. Uh, the last student member of the board had to leave several meetings early because he was still on his uh, provisional driver's license and That's had correct. to be home before. That's correct. <laughs> before midnight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what are some of the issues that have um, come up so far uh, that you have found particularly interesting? You said some of those meetings are, are pretty intriguing. So, what's what's interested you? So, so far, we've talked about the possible changes to the school bell times, and then um, obviously, dress code policy was passed, which the Oregon Post had an article about, and um, then also, like, at the last board meeting, the Minority Affairs Committee that Mr. Beninsky presented was, I found that was really intriguing because that's something that I'm passionate about and racial inequality and things like that are things that I get into debates and all the time with people. So it was it was cool to talk about that. It's something that I'm passionate about to have mm-hmm. that brought into my new role as mob. So so we'll, we'll get to some of those issues in a bit, but we want to learn a little bit about you first. So... Um, if I understand it, you're a pretty talented track athlete, is that correct? <laughs> yes, that's correct. So um, what, what do you compete in? I do track, but I'm a thrower. And so in high school, I do discus and shot put, but uh, hammer and javelin and weight aren't sanctioned throws in high school, but I still throw them through my club coach or with my club coach. So I do all five of those events. Javelin is not my favorite. Um, you have to be like a dancer to throw javelin because if you throw it wrong then you'll throw out your entire arm and that's not really for me i like to the events where you can just like put power into it and just like kind of like do throw it out there and throw it far those are my favorite that's year round right yeah correct is your club team local um it's out of ricerstown maryland so it's like an hour away or so but it's just it's not really a team it's just one coach who's a throws coach and then there's like different athletes in maryland and pennsylvania that go and see him so so how did you get involved in the throwing part of track and field? Um, my mom loves the story. <laughs> but I was I used to play softball. I was a big softball player, and I wanted something to do in the winter. And I was going to be a swim manager because all my friends were doing swim. And I was like, oh, let me just be the manager. My mom was like, I cannot let you be the manager. Like, you're not going to waste your time in the fall or this winter and not condition. So I chose to do track and I started throwing because I'm not really big on running. <laughs> so I threw and I was pretty good my first year, but 
I was I think I got seventh at states, which is I was a freshman, which is kind of good, I guess. But I kind of just fell in love with throwing in the sport. So that's interesting. You chose track, but you don't like running. <laughs> that's for me. I should, <laughs> all the non runners out there can still be part of the track team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the beginning, I didn't run that often, but now I'm yeah. running a lot. So oh, cool. cool. It just I know it's gonna make me a better thrower, so I'll put in the work. Did the softball background help you at all in the throw? I think it did. I okay. think it did. Even though, like... There's, they're different throwing styles. Correct. The mechanics are different, but, I mean, I've been throwing things since I was, like, eight years old, so it just kind of came naturally to throw something these far because <laughs> I used to catch. Mm-hmm. So I used to have to throw down a second into the outfield a lot, so that's what that came from. I think it helped. And you're potentially Dartmouth bound <laughs> for track? <laughs> what, what do you think your plans will be? Um... Uh, definitely Dartmouth is one of my options, yeah. but I have a couple other options. Uh, my number one right now is the United States Military Academy at West Point. So that's what I'm uh, training all summer for the candidate fitness assessment, oh, wow. which is like Army PT test. But for West Point, it's a, like crazy harder. And I don't, I've been training for it and I'm sore all the time, but <laughs> that's my number one right now. So what do you hope to do? In like as a career mm-hmm. or, well, I hope or, to- or if you go into the military academy, what, what would you hope to do in the military um to be honest um this is gonna sound like out there but ranger school sounds pretty interesting and pretty cool because not a lot of females do it in uh like the military and ranger school would be cool but also i was thinking life science because as a career like my dream job would be to work at a health clinic or especially a women's health clinic where um patients come in who don't primarily speak english come and they get health care and they, uh, I can like help translate or run the clinic or be a doctor. I don't know yet, but that would be like my dream job to help uh, people who don't speak English or who are English is like their skill isn't up there um, to get healthcare and healthcare services. So that's my dream job. And that was something you talked a lot about when you were running for this role, right? Was that you wanted to represent Spanish speakers, Frederick right. High, and and throughout the whole district? Um, what kind of what kind of brought you to to be so passionate? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it definitely is because I go to Frederick High School and Frederick High is one of, if not the most diverse schools in the county and over half the population is EL. And that doesn't mean just Spanish speaking students. It can be students from uh, Cameroon, from Africa, from Burma, from anywhere in the world, Russia. I know people from all those places and it's just people who don't speak English come to learn. So I feel like but I got into representing Spanish speakers because I took Spanish throughout school and also my mom's side of the family is Hispanic. So it was kind of like a subject that was like close to me and like something I was passionate about already. And I think that with so, so many Spanish speaking students at Frederick, I just felt like it had to be done. Like someone has to advocate for them. So. Do you feel like that's something that is, is missing largely within within your school? Is people advocating for the maybe the people who can't? speak English well enough to advocate for themselves? I definitely think that it's something that we don't talk talk about often because it's just like a lot of the students at Frederick um, are EL students and they're Spanish speakers, but like none of really our signs in Frederick High School about prom or homecoming or spirit week are ever in Spanish. And I thought that was an issue because half the students have the potential to participate in these activities and they don't even get to know what's going on. So that was like, that just kind of something that bothered me a lot. And now and like the announcements, they're televised every day, and those aren't ever in Spanish, so I'm working to change those things. But yeah, I definitely think that's what it is. 
Right. And I've been reporting about this a little bit right now. And, it, you know, I think Frederick High, maybe I believe they don't have a Spanish speaking counselor right now. They have like a liaison who kind of helps. But just having like more of that staff who just can speak Spanish. And if there's an issue at home, if, if maybe it's a student who's an immigrant or a recent immigrant who's had some kind of experience that needs to seek help. I mean, I think all those things are things that Frederick High especially has been trying to address over the last few years as that population has grown. Definitely. And there was, I feel bad for not remembering his name, but he was like an interim guidance counselor and he spoke Spanish and Mr. Garvey, that's who it was. And he um, worked with the Spanish speaking students with the last names like A through L or something. So there was one person there at a point in time, but it's never been like a stable position that has been implemented. Mm -hmm. What, What has the response been you know, to your advocating uh, from both the student perspective and, and from the teachers and administration perspective, um, has it been a fight to get some of this stuff going? Has Have they been receptive to it? What has what your experience been so far? All the students that I've talked to so far are, like, super excited that I'm here and representing and advocating for, um, like, the Spanish-speaking students, but also just all the students. And a lot of the students that I've talked to that go to Frederick High School and don't go to Frederick High School are excited about it because we all know that it is long overdue or long, whatever the phrase is, but it's long past time to have this type of representation in the Board of Education. So um, the students are excited about it. And my teachers, I just got an email last night from my French teacher, and she was saying how, like, she thought that um, it was not brave of me, but she was proud of me that I spoke up during the minority affairs committee discussion because it was only my second meeting but she said that some people would be hesitant to speak about race and things like that during only their second meeting but she was proud of me and my other Spanish teacher she um she always cuts out the newspaper articles that I'm in for track or whatever and she's like she's like she hands them to me she's like ah estoy muy estoy muy gorgosa por ti and it's just she always says how proud of me she is so I definitely have that uh steady like support from my teachers and students so yeah so just to give listeners a little background on that meeting from wednesday um one of the members of the board of education was presenting um just a few slides and information about a potential minority committee uh, i believe uh, um that they're looking at creating and i don't think there was any action done it was just for discussion but I mean, the discussion did get kind of, you know, personal. I think a few of the board members spoke about their own experiences and um, a member of the board, you know, was speaking about how um, she felt like her experience was that when she was growing up, you know, she was taught to think of people as an individual. And then you kind of responded to that. Can you can you tell us a little bit about what your thoughts were when you were hearing that? So um, I definitely agree that people should be treated like as their individual because not everybody's the same and not everyone has the same background. So we need to treat the individual. And that's what Mr. Beninsky's mediation techniques are basically outlining. They're just saying teach the individual student and helped to uh, work with the individual student and just like not rehabilitate them, but just get them talking about their problems individually. And I totally agree with that idea, but it's just that there are so many students of color in Frederick County public schools that I feel like their and their experiences have been so much different than mine as a white student, that it's important to acknowledge those differences. And it's important to call out and say that they've had a different, harder, I I can't say because I don't know, but um, it's been different for them. And they've told me stories about it. And it's, you have to point it out because if you don't, then those things like um, people getting called racial slurs at basketball games continue and they continue to happen and nobody gets, um, nobody gets 
blamed for it. No one gets punished for it. And they just keep happening. So I said it would be tone deftly about race, but sometimes like Dr. Miller was saying, it's not that she's doing it purposefully. It's just not what she's used to seeing. She's used to looking at the individual and ignoring anything else because she cares about people individually, which is a good thing. And that's how we all should look at each other. But their unique experience story. Correct. Correct. But I also think that nowadays people feel so comfortable talking about their experience as a black person or as a Latino or as an immigrant, that it's important to realize that their experiences are just as important as the individual themselves. So how, if you could speak personally, you mentioned you've had different experiences. How much do you feel like your, well, people can't see, but you have light skin, you Correct. have white skin, but you mentioned your, your mother's Hispanic. Yeah. So you are half Hispanic. Um, like an eighth or something. Her okay. grandfather's from okay. Mexico. So it's so, not really. So you have some of that culture in you. Do you feel like it's shaped the differences that you've experienced? Your appearance has shaped those differences. I definitely think because I am mostly white. I don't put like Hispanic mm-hmm. on like fast for anything because okay. I can't claim it. But I think because I have that family who's Hispanic and I have a family who's not from America or hasn't been from America. Um, it gave me that like perspective that sometimes it's harder for immigrants or not. Sometimes it's always harder for immigrants. And especially being a Spanish speaking person, um, you I learned those struggles too of Spanish speaking people. But I, as a white woman, I can say that I've never been called the N-word at a basketball game. I've never been looked at by referees and thought that, oh, she's going to be particularly violent tonight during this softball game or during this track meet. She's going to knock girls over. I've never, I can tell you that no referee has ever looked at me and thought that, but that happens to our black students and it's not right, but it happens. And I feel like not just in school, but in life, like white people, me especially, get away with a lot of stuff because we're white and people just, they don't expect the worst of us but for other races the worst is already expected so do you feel so how would you say because as a student member of the board you you represent all students mm-hmm. um and so there are several schools who don't have as diverse a population as frederick high school and so how do you carry this message into representing the thoughts and um opinions of these these kids from maybe the not so diverse schools or how do you get your message to them so that they understand what maybe frederick high school goes through well i definitely think that um regardless of race we're all students so things like the school bell time issue and the dress code policies are pretty much like they don't it doesn't matter what race you are you're going to be affected by them equally so um it doesn't like there are some issues where it doesn't matter if you're white or black. I want your opinion all the same because it's going to help me represent your the student body. But then there are some issues like the Minority Affairs Committee where I need students of color's opinions and their perspectives and their experiences in order to accurately represent them. But I I have a lot of friends who go to schools like county schools like Catoctin and Brunswick and Oakdale and um, the other ones though I met through softball. Mm-hmm. So I I talk with them and I always ask them, hey, like send this survey to your friends at Catoctin or send a survey to your friends at Brunswick and let me know what they think. So it's, I have those friends that are there and I get their opinions just like I get the opinions from students at Frederick High School. So I try not to just get opinions from Frederick High School because then it wouldn't be an accurate representation of all Frederick County schools. So, I mean, so far your strategy's kind of been, like you said, using social media, using friends to tell friends to tell friends I mean do you have is that kind of what's your strategy for um reaching people beyond Frederick High 
yeah twitter definitely twitter <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twitter. it's hard because there's no school isn't in session but once school begins i'll definitely reach out to the sga advisors every school and every high school and middle school and then i'll ask them hey can you send this link out i have a survey about the bell times i want your students to answer and give me responses so i think that'll increase participation with the surveys when school begins and i can talk to sga advisors and things like that but yeah so far it's been twitter and it, it's been working pretty well i think <laughs> so what do you feel like the perception of Frederick High School is from an outsider <laughs> and is that accurate <laughs> um I was just talking about this with Mr. Franceschina the principal of Frederick High School when I met him like a month ago or so but um I can tell you that as a Frederick High School student with friends that go to other schools in the county people ask me like oh um like do you guys have fights every day are there fights every day is it do you feel safe in the classrooms like I feel like I wouldn't feel safe if I went there and it's just like it is we get portrayed inaccurately a lot throughout the county throughout social media like okay for example the shooting that happened after prom it was completely unrelated to frederick high school and but it still got labeled as a frederick high school after prom shooting and no frederick high school student did that but that's what it was labeled as and when the um shooting happened with the tj and uh frederick boys basketball game it was it happened at frederick so frederick got blamed for it but it wasn't a frederick high school student that committed the act so it's we get the blame for a lot of stuff and it's just i feel like if people took a day to come into frederick high school and see how hard working these students are and how much they put into their work and their after school activities then people would realize that we're just like any other county school or city school it doesn't matter we're just a different school and just because half of our population is probably not from america doesn't mean that we deserve any less respect or that we don't work as hard or things are given to us because things are not given to us as Frederick high school students. So, You mentioned the aspect of feeling safe or, or not feeling safe. And you mentioned before we came on that school safety was a big part of why you ran. What do you feel like the national conversation around school safety has been? What has been missing? What's what is important? Do you feel like Frederick County does a good job? What are some of the things you wanted why was it a part of your campaign platform? Um, school safety was a part of my campaign platform because of things that happened in Parkland and just all the school shootings that happened. It's it's not normal, but it's not uncalled for for students to worry about their safety nowadays when we go into school. But um, personally at Frederick High School, I felt safe and I've I've never worried about a school shooting happening or any type of like violent incident happening at Frederick High School and I don't know what it's like for other students in the county because I don't go to other schools but um, that's why it was a part of my platform because I know that even though I feel safe other students may not and it's reasonable for them not to feel safe because it's a big issue going on and I think that the March for Our Lives that happened in it was March right mm -hmm. March 15th yeah that happened and um, I think it was the Montgomery County student that spoke and got pretty famous for speaking about uh, school shootings at the speech in D.C. And I think that the March for Our Lives and things like that in the school walkouts, they just started the conversation. And now it's like, OK, great. We had these walkouts. We had these rallies and um, protests. But what are we going to do about it now? And so that's why it was a, another part of my campaign, because it, I want students to be able to use their voice and walk out of class if they feel that it's going to make a difference in their schools. But how are we going to actually take action and stop and prevent these things in our own schools? So, I think, sorry, go yeah, ahead. so what do you see as, as some of the, you know, ways to prevent these things, make students feel safer? 
Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like one big one would be using student ID cards because we all, I don't know about other county schools, but Frederick High School, we get ID cards that have our name on them and everything, but we don't ever use them. And we don't ever like swipe in or we just have like teachers take our attendance. And I feel like we could utilize the ID cards in a different way. I feel like if we like swiped in every day and showed who was here and who wasn't, and then um, definitely camera systems and security systems. And this is sad to say, but I think that active shooter drill should be happening in schools because Frederick High School uses all of their uh, fire drills as the way they should. But um, I think that we should have at least one active shooter drill a year. And I don't think that it should be you know, if we do it more than once, it shouldn't be at the end of fourth block every last Friday in the month, because if an active shooter comes in, it's not going to be every last Friday at the end of fourth block every month. So it should be random and students can practice that they're where they need to go to get safe and what they're going to do if it happens. So I would, yeah, active shooter drills are what I'm trying to push for, at least in Frederick High School. So are there other things? I mean, just, you know, the national conversation people have thrown out, you know, give teachers guns, armed teachers, or, or um, you know, more mental health counselors, I, I, things like that. Do you hear that from students at all? What are, do you hear kind of what students are asking for when they say, I'm scared, I wish there was? Do you? I think most of the students that I've talked to just want people to think, rethink legislation surrounding the Second Amendment. And my family has a couple of gun owners in the house, and um, I've never mess with them I've never touched the guns because I know how serious a gun is because my dad was in the military so it like I know that guns aren't a joke but to some people there's guns in the house but peop- the parents will never have a conversation and say hey don't touch this this is a serious thing this is what it can do and I think if we just educate people on how serious guns are and how they work then and we give um, guns to mentally sane people only then I feel like the issues with guns would be would dra- drop drastically because then we have people who know how guns work and how serious they are, and those are the only people that have them. And I know that passing legislation to outlaw guns won't work because people break the law all the time. So it's not outlawing guns isn't going to fix the problem. But I think we need to talk about like mental health, like you said, and getting students that feel left out and feel that violence is what they have to turn to. That that violence is not their option. And the mediation techniques that Mr. Berninski, um presented. I think would definitely help with that, not for school shooting, but for anything that teaching kids that violence isn't the answer and to help them analyze their feelings and why they're feeling this and what they can do rather than just taking it on their their classmates or their teachers. Do you feel like schools have enough of those mental health services? Do you find that students at Frederick High have that person to go to or to talk to, or is it something that there needs to continue to be more investment in? And and are students willing to ask for help? Have you found that mm-hmm. there's a there's an openness about it? Um, all the counselors at Frederick High School are very easy to talk to, and the doors are always open. So I feel at Frederick High School that it doesn't matter. My counselor's name is Mr. Duckett, and I've gone in there a bunch of times this summer asking for my transcript. And I know that if I ever need something serious from him, I could always go in there and talk to him about it. And I think it's the same for all counselors at Frederick High School and probably across the county that most of the time guidance counselors are pretty open to speaking with students and talking about their issues. But I I don't know if there's a mental health counselor at Frederick High School or a school psychologist. If there is, I never met the person, but I don't I think that that would be a good step to take and about getting students to actually talk to them. After the shooting that happened, it was although it wasn't a Frederick High School incident, there were 
Frederick High School students that were at the party where the shooting occurred and the counselors at Frederick High School all called us in and pulled us out of class or pulled the students out of class and were like, are you, are you guys okay? Like asking the students how they felt and they kind of just had the students talk it out. And I feel like that was a really good step because although the student, the student had a choice whether or not they wanted to go to the meeting or not, most of the students that were at the party did go to the meeting and talk about what they were feeling. So I think that's a good step, but I don't think that there's a stigma, at least at Frederick High School, surrounding like mental health because most of the students at Frederick High School are pretty open and know that mental health is a serious issue and that if a student needs to discuss their mental health issues with a counselor, they should have the right to do so. I want to ask an off-the-wall question that just popped into my head. Do you feel like as a representative of the student body that you can effectively represent the student body without the right to vote on the board? That I just went to the uh, Maryland Association Student Council's conference yesterday for the last day, and I was talking about that to a couple of the other student leaders in Maryland. And really the only things that um, I don't vote on are things that happen in closed session, like budget. And although it doesn't directly affect the students, I know that it, like if the trickle-down effect, it will affect the students eventually. But I think that just having a student voice on the board and letting the board know what students think, and then also my own personal experiences as a Frederick High School student, um, that definitely helps the board understand what the students are thinking and what I'm thinking as a just a person. And I understand Mr. Brad Young's perspective, if have you guys heard his perspective. He doesn't believe that a student member of the board should have voting rights because they're not a taxpayer, and so they shouldn't be able to decide where taxpayer money goes because they don't pay taxes, and also they're not elected by the the county elected by the students, also non-taxpayers. So, like, they don't, Mr. Brad Young doesn't want the student member of the board to uh, get, like, like hate mail or bad feedback from the county and people because I wasn't elected by the citizens of Frederick. I was elected by the students of Frederick. So I can understand his viewpoint. And I think that just having a student up there and giving the students a platform and a voice to speak is, I think, is sufficient. So without being able to vote, how do you make yourself, make sure that you're being heard by those board members? Do you feel like you have been so far and how do, how do you want to do that? Um, I definitely, I've only spoken like a handful of times at the past couple meetings, but also it was my first meeting. So I didn't want to like overstep my boundaries. I didn't know how much I could talk or how much, what I could say. But now I know that um, the board makes me feel like I'm just as much of a member as they are and I'm my opinions and viewpoints are just as valuable as theirs so I feel comfortable speaking my mind and sharing with them my opinions because I know that they're going to listen just as equally as they listen to when Mr. Brennanski presents or when Ms. Schaefer talks about her experiences as a woman of color so and you often come armed with those surveys so <laughs> yes, I do. you got the data to back yes, it up yes 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 so let's talk about um, I believe it was another issue that I was told you're, you're pretty passionate about which was the dress code which mm -hmm. was recently I told him that <laughs> uh, which was recently discussed and you mentioned Mr. Brad Young doesn't want you to get hate mail did you get any feedback from students based on the conversation regarding the dress code um not from students I shouldn't have done this and my SGA advisor told me not to do this but she said don't read the comments on the Friday news post, but I read them anyway. So I can attest, do not read the comments on the Friday news post. So I read the comments. I, I mean, people are, have the right to their opinions and no one attacked me and 
but also I was only mentioned like one time, which I'm okay with. But um, no one attacked me personally, but I can understand where people are coming from when they comment and they disagree with the policies. But you just have to know that these students have, okay, actually it was uh, the past mom, Will Anderson. He really pushed for the fact that to leave out gender pronouns and make sure that there is no gender-based discrimination allowed in this new policy. So that was all Will. And I think that, I don't know, I can't say if Will got positive or negative feedback from the students, but I've only gotten positive feedback so far. So From the students? From the students, yeah. I haven't talked to any adults really about it because I don't know. <laughs> right, so some of those comments were like, I, I don't I don't want to rehash them, but just, you know, criticism about what is distracting. It's a bra strap distracting. Yeah. What, you know, and, you know, that that I think I talked about an experience that one female student had where a, a assistant principal came up and um, kind of touched her, moved her shirt up so her bra strap wasn't showing. And, you know, was that appropriate? What's the right way to handle something like that? And, and we kind of got into that issue because that new policy is um, kind of taking away that male students, female students mm-hmm. language and replacing it with kind of students. And um, I, don't, I don't know, that's interesting to hear. I mean, y- you haven't heard much from uh, other students since, since that um, kind of discussion was had or um any other experiences that you've heard maybe from students about their own um so the female that was talked about in the article showed me the responses that she got when students at Frederick High School or across the county replied to her when she shared her story but so far no one has really said like has told me stories like oh I was dress coded for wearing you know uh short shorts and I wasn't even like I was dressed appropriately no one's told me stories like that Mm -hmm. so far and so far all the students female and male have said that this policy was changed for the good and that they're looking forward to seeing how it plays out and that case was like students commenting on Instagram yes yes do you feel like Instagram is the place to have (laughs) these discussions Um, like flap accounts and like like, (laughs) is that kind of the place where you maybe will go for to to get student opinion when you're representing students instagram and twitter definitely twitter more twitter or instagram uh it depends on what i'm trying to get done because twitter (laughs) (laughs) twitter if you follow the wrong people it can be just like a joke twitter's a joke instagram's a joke too (laughs) they're all a joke but instagram can get serious instagram can get serious (laughs) yeah i the people i follow on twitter on my personal account are like all making jokes all the time so anyway um i i think i use twitter more so i would turn to twitter but instagram works just as well to get students to participate and i think that Sometimes it's easier to make longer comments on Instagram because you have mm-hmm. like you don't have that word restriction or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Instagram might be the place. I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> Do you worry about how the dress code will be enforced? Um, I think that with any policy that it might, the way it's enforced might differ from the way that it's written down in the policy. But I think if a student experiences something that goes against the policy, that they'll have the policy to use to back up their experiences. Say, hey, the policy says you can't do this to me. So then they'll get the teachers or staff, whoever does it, will get called out for, um, uh, what's the word? Like, I don't know what the word is (laughs) for, (laughs) I can't think. But for basically, they need to follow the policy. And if the policy isn't followed, then students can call the teachers out on it. Or administration, whoever yeah. it is. Yeah. So, um, 
I think what? school. We we were gonna talk about school bell times maybe. So if you. I I was actually gonna say what going? has been the number one thing students have come to you for Ooh. thus far. That's a good question. Um, it's only been two meetings. It's so. only been two meetings. <laughs> that's right. But actually, but you were elected. Announced that you were going to be on July first. You would take over July first. There was some time that you were, kind of the, in waiting smob. Yeah, definitely. And I think because I go to Frederick High School, a lot of the students at Frederick High School were like, "Hey, make sure you represent the students of color. Like, make sure you give us a platform and say what we're going through." And I think that the meeting that we had on it was the eighth. Mm-hmm. Talked where with the Minority Affairs Committee. I think that I did an okay job representing the students of color and that's been the number one so far but it's hard because school isn't in session so Mm -hmm. but once school starts I feel like people like problems will occur and students will reach out to me through the email and start to tell me things like Miss Bernard the woman who runs the student member of the board basically she um she showed me this email that Will got and it was about homework and if that's what the issues that students have, then I guess that's what going to be what I talk about. <laughs> but it just depends on what the students reach out to me. And so far, I haven't really gotten that many emails or anything. But while I was waiting to become SMOB, it was the students of color asked me to represent them. Do you go back and watch meetings and see how you did? You yes. said you think you did okay. So what, what would you what would you have done better? Give me your scouting report. Um, for one, I should have looked up more. I should have looked up and been confident in what I was saying because what I was saying holds true to a lot of students and I feel like I should have confidence when I speak about that kind of stuff um I think yeah looking up more and just letting myself speak I didn't know what I could say and how far I could push the boundaries on what I could say at the last meeting because it was a tough it was a tough conversation to have Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to you know step on anybody's toes and say the wrong word so I kind of filter myself when I spoke but now I know that I can say what I need to say and be professional about it but still get the message out so Next time I will, like, not uncensor myself, but just let myself talk. So Emma mentioned the school bell time, so let's let's go there. Okay. Has anyone, you know, school's not in session. Have people been reaching out about school bell times? What do you feel like should be done about school bell times? Can you personally wake up before 7 o'clock and get to school on time? What's what's Uh, it like for you? I can wake up. It is hard. (laughs) I'm not a morning person at all. But yeah, it's hard. And uh, I definitely feel like, especially days when there's track meets or track practice goes long, that the next day to get up is a lot harder. And I think starting school no later or no earlier than eight o'clock should be what, and that's what most of the board is going to push for in this charge that we're creating. But um, starting school no earlier than eight o'clock a.m. is best for just teens and their mental health and their actual physical health as well. And yeah that's basically it and most students want it to start after eight o'clock but also most students want the schools to end at a reasonable time so that they can go to sports and like band or jobs or whatever they participate in after school how do you feel like members of the board think of what high school students want because there was a comment in that work session that was like oh I figured you because you did that survey right and you can tell us what you came back with with that survey but the I think the member of the board said um oh I would have thought for sure whoever it was I don't remember but I remember the comment yeah because they were like oh I would have thought for sure that high school students would have wanted to start at 10 o'clock right or not like 9 30 right and um I mean 
kids today are possible, hustling though <laughs> like kids have to no, get to their practice days. kids have to get into Yale like <laughs> <laughs> no we're busy and I think most of the students know that it's not reasonable for to have school start at 10 15 a.m and to get out at two o'clock p.m that's what I don't even know how many hours that is but it's not enough to get things done in the school day and Dr. Alvin have presented the idea of some some students take online courses and they go into school at 10 o'clock and the new links program for high school is pretty progressive it if you guys aren't familiar with it are you guys familiar with it i am okay i think emma is too okay yeah. good so yeah we all know about it but it's a it's a pretty cool opportunity that offers some have. flexibility about when students come in when students leave that fifth block correct yeah and so that's pretty cool but do you wish you would have been able to participate in links um personally no because i like i like structure and i like participating in sports after school but a lot of my classmates are like oh this is so unfair how come we didn't get to do this and i was like well we're not going to get the new bell times either so it's just sometimes <laughs> some things just we don't get and we have to deal with it but it's better for the future and it'll be okay in the end what do you think of the new high school <laughs> the new high school the building's gorgeous the everything works we only had one power outage this year and it was for like 10 seconds not even 10 seconds but the old building had a culture to it and the old building had this feel and i don't know if it was the busted pipe smell or the fact that we didn't have any doors <laughs> or walls, but it was it the vibe is different. I feel like not good or or not good or bad, just different. And the building is gorgeous, and the staff is just as the same. They're just as responsive and open and caring for the students as they always have been. But the vibe has changed a little bit differently. I feel like the fact that our building was so old, although it was unsafe, it kind of what defined Frederick High School and now we're getting to change what defines Frederick High School and whether it be the fact that two female uh, uh, teams won back-to-back state championships or whether it be that we got a brand new building we got to figure out what it is that defines us now (laughs) (laughs) so go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, are you going to listen to this podcast back Probably. to see how you did? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last night I was watching the board ed meeting and I was sending the link to my friends. I was like, did I sound, did I sound okay? Did I sound dumb? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you should post just like your clip, your segment on Twitter and be like, how'd I do? <laughs> yeah, that's, your ne- that's your next survey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want those responses. Though. Those could be Start the discussion. Yeah. So we usually close this with a few kind of quick hitter questions um that you just give kind of your first initial response to um and so we're just kind of throw a couple at you i don't know if emma has any prepared but we'll see what happens so i'll start so you can if you had three people to sit down and spend an hour with and eat dinner which three people would you choose living or dead barack obama definitely probably donald trump and wow. either Beyonce or Rihanna. That'll be a fun day. Barack Obama and Donald Trump at the same time. At the same, at time. The same time. Or maybe Wh- George Bush. Why the, Why those three? Obama because I don't want to sound Im- unprofessional, but he's the OG. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's everyone. But uh, Donald Trump just because I want to pick his mind. I want to know what he's thinking, what goes through his head. And I want to see what how Barack Obama responds to Donald Trump and how they interact. That would and, be fun. Yeah. And obviously, Beyonce and Rihanna, because they're Beyonce and Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, your favorite Netflix TV show or or what you're binge watching now? I have been binge watching Queer Eye. Okay. I've been watching that a lot. The Office. I hear great things. I don't know. Queer Eye is the best show I've ever watched in my favorite life. Favorite character? Character. Uh, person. Uh, 
real life person <laughs> uh it was tan There's a writing it oh. was tan but then it changed to karamo it might be jonathan now because i love how jonathan is so open and he expresses himself but so funny anthony has the guac and <laughs> that's funny <laughs> no and yeah the office as well the office is so funny i like keep rewatching it i really need to get a life but i keep rewatching the office which office character are you I don't know who I am. I think probably Pam, okay. just because I'm like a people pleaser sometimes. But I think Dwight's my favorite. Dwight <laughs> is funny. <laughs> For personal use, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. Ficebook, no offense. It's for old people. I don't understand <laughs> how people use Facebook. Wow. I used it when I was like 13 and that was it. That was the end of it. So not Facebook. That's out completely out of the picture. Um, I don't like Snapchat because I hate streaks. I don't understand the point of streaks. So what? do you guys know what streaks are? Yes. No. Okay. Streaks are like <laughs> when you Snapchat somebody every day and then like you keep Snapchatting the person every day to figure out how long you can go without okay. continually snapping each other. So And then one day they never snap you. <laughs> that sounds very annoying yeah it okay. is really annoying but i instagram i used to like instagram a lot but now it's just people trying to flex on instagram and i don't know if i like all that so probably twitter just because twitter is all jokes for me okay um okay so i've noticed you a very fashionable individual <laughs> what's your Thank favorite you. and most hated trend of 2018 <laughs> um hmm Ah, my favorite pant my favorite trend is probably these palazzo pants they're so comfy <laughs> yes. I don't know. and my least favorite trend <sighs> is it the skinny sunglasses i haven't the ones that like kendall jenner wears yeah those are not attractive i don't know if i like those <laughs> sorry i answered for you that's mine <laughs> What's yours? no um this isn't fashion but like when people do crazy things to their eyebrows i don't understand it i don't get like just filling like eyebrows. What? Move along. Like, unless you're a drag queen or something, then do what you want. But, like, do what you want with your makeup. It doesn't matter to me, but I just don't see the point in making your eyebrows look crazy. I don't get it. All right. <laughs> Favorite book? The Hate You Give. Or I've, 1984 by George Orwell. I've never heard of The Hate You Give. What is that? Uh, it's a book by Angie Thomas. It's about um, a fictional, it's all fictional, but it's about this uh, black family named Star who, whose friend was shot by the police and killed and then it goes through her experience and how she speaks out about it and just about it's really enriching just because of what's going on and with police brutality in today's society so it's really good but i have an issue with the film because it's being the person who's being casted to play star is a light-skinned female and i don't think that it's the same it would have been this different if it had been casted a dark-skinned female i've been casted for the role because in the book star is dark-skinned so mm -hmm. that goes into colorism though so that's a different issue <laughs> um favorite place to get a meal in frederick in frederick <sighs> there's a lot of places oh taco bar easy wow you're gonna be a hit in the office <laughs> taco bar is good taco bar yeah because i always go in there and i speak spanish and at first they look at me like this white girl speaks spanish <laughs> but then they continue to order with me so, but the food is really good so that's like i'm pescatarian but whenever i want to cheat and eat chicken that's that's where i'll go taco okay. bar you got any? Uh, wow. Wait, wait. I, uh, these have to be fun, though. They, I mean, I guess they don't have to be fun. Um, is Do you have a favorite musical artist, or should mm. I assume it was Beyonce or Rihanna based <laughs> on the last? <laughs> um, uh, Beyonce and Rihanna are good, obviously, but I like SZA and Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean's number mm. one for me. 
but I like old school music. I listen to anything that's not country. Everything but country is fine with me. Very good. I don't know who SZA is. She sings um the song with Kendrick Lamar that was in the Black Panther album, All the Stars. Okay. She has a couple other songs too, but that's like the one that everybody knows her for. And yeah, yeah. All right, Very favorite good. celebrity. This is the last one. Non-musical. Non-musical. Just like a person. Famous person. Can you like famous people? Can we like famous people anymore? I don't. I don't know. It's hard. You know, I have an issue with a lot of the. I I can tell you that I hate the Kardashians and the Jenners. I don't. I hate them Ooh. so much. I hate keeping. I hate everything about them. <laughs> They're okay. That's a different topic, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't like them. But you just alienated half of this room. <laughs> this half. half. <laughs> this. This. Okay. This corner. <laughs> you alienated <laughs> one <I'm> quarter. <laughs> one person. Yeah. No, I don't know who my favorite is. I don't know. I I can tell you who I don't like, but I don't know who my favorite is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Jake Paul. Because you're a teen, right? So He's canceled. He's been canceled for a while. So, All right. Well, <laughs> uh, that'll about wrap it up. Um, Paige, thank you for coming in. Thank you so uh, much, Paige. It was, it was thank a joy you talking with you, and, and good luck the rest of the year and with uh, getting back to school. Uh, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening.